How do you fit into the ecosystem of the community of faith? What is your calling? This is Wednesday, January 25th, and that's what we've been looking at this week so far. We begin with the elders in chapter 1 and the role models and overseers or shepherds of the community. Then we looked at the power of the character in the older men of the community. And yesterday we looked at the older women and how critical their care and faith is to the forming of a healthy Christian fellowship. Today we learn how the older women can lead the younger women. Here's our scripture passage, Titus chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one may, will malign the word of God. Now, to understand the teaching given to all the women, especially the younger women here, we need some cultural context. One commentator explains what life was like for women at the time. In the ancient Greek world, the respectable woman lived a completely secluded life. In the house, she had her own quarters and seldom left them, not even to sit at meals with the menfolk of the family. And into them came no man but her husband. She never attended any public assemblies or meetings. She seldom appeared on the streets, and when she did, she was never alone. In fact, it has been said that there was no honorable way in which a Greek woman could make a living. No trade or profession was open to her. If the women of the ancient church suddenly burst every limitation which the centuries had imposed upon them, the only result would have been to discredit the church and to say that Christianity corrupted womanhood. Now, this is the context into which Paul instructs Titus. And it is true that Christianity created a new womanhood, one in which she would become a valuable part of an ecosystem of grace. Now, of course, at the time, it was assumed women would be married, that they would have children if possible. But the Christian teaching on marriage, the love and respect that the gospel prescribed for men and women, transformed marriage from an almost purely economic institution. Yes, marriage was meant to get life done and to produce children, heirs that could carry on the family name and legacy. But Christian faith added to that and enriched it dramatically. Men were to love and share life with their wives, and women were to respect and honor their husbands. There was a beauty and power to this new life, and women became more than homebodies. Yes, they retained their place as mothers and nurturers of the young, but they began to share spiritual leadership in the community. They were not liberated from their husbands and children. They retained this calling, but they were seen as supports to the whole community of faith. How so? They first became models for younger women. They discipled and mentored the younger women in family life. They taught younger women faithfulness and kindness, purity and self-control. Yes, even to speak of family life today means may be unwelcome for women. In the ancient world, the fear was that Christian women were so free, their freedom might break up families and thereby damage communities. Today, the fear is from the other side. 
that by encouraging younger women to love their husbands and care for their children, women might be held back and devalued. The truth is that the spiritual ecosystem of the church cannot function without the input of older women and the faithfulness of younger women. In many ways, the state of our younger married women will reflect the state of our families and also the body of Christ in the future. Now, what Paul is telling Titus is that there's no higher calling for a younger married woman than caring for children, the children of the community, and tending to their lives. This means that the ecosystem of the church begins in the home with married couples, men loving their wives, women loving their husbands and children. Now, this, now does this mean there is no place for the single woman or the woman who works and has a career? Well, first, for the single woman, it was the second thing that changed the plight of women. Jesus remained single himself, and he thereby exalted singleness for both men and women. Paul actually says that it would be better to remain single if he could do so in a healthy way, because he would have more time to serve Christ. In the community of faith, the body of Christ, young single women can become spiritual mothers, sharing in the care and nurture of all the the children in the fellowship of the body. If you are single, you have a place in the community in this ecosystem that we're learning about in Titus. Also, if you're married and working, you also have a place as well. Now, in the end, when older women encourage the younger women to faithfulness, the word of God looks beautiful. Let me tell you what happened in Christ. A new joy and purpose was discovered by women, both young and old, both married and single. Men and women are co-heirs together in all the gifts of the gospel, in the grace that we have in Jesus. Women, through their character and grace, have a unique opportunity to impact the faith of the coming generation. Let's pray. God of power and might, we rejoice that you place children in the loving arms of their mothers and fathers that there are women of faith and men of character to love and tend to the needs of little ones. Help us to be grateful for the gracious women that have lifted us up, that have showed us Jesus, and that have cared for us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.